This is 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Brought to you by RCR Wireless News and Telecom Careers. Connect at CarrieCharles.com. And now, here's Carrie Charles. Today, we're going to talk 5G with tech industry analyst Will Townsend. Will is a senior analyst at Moore Insights and Strategy. He's focused on telecommunications, infrastructure, carrier services, and enterprise networking. Will has over 25 years of experience with tech leaders, Dell, Compaq, and Hewlett Packard. Will, thank you so much for being with us today on 5G Talent Talk. Thanks for having me, Terry. So, so Will, tell us more about your work at Moore Insights and Strategy. Yeah, so um, I manage um, the, um, the overall networking practice for our company. As an industry analyst, I like to tell people um, that I get paid for my opinion. <laughs> but, uh, but I travel the world and spend time with um, infrastructure providers, you know, on the enterprise side, the Cisco's and HPE's of the world, as well as the Nokia's, the, the Samsung's, the, the Ericsson's, the Huawei's. And I've spent a lot of time with operators as well. So the T-Mobile's, the Verizon's in the U.S., the SK Telecom's in you know, South Korea. So I get a good feel for not only the technology, but also the services that get layered on top of the technology. So, Will, there's lots of hype around 5G and especially the use cases. Now, we know that fully autonomous vehicles could take five years or more to really come to reality. So what are some practical shorter cycle use cases that that we're going to see? That's a great question. And so I I think, you know, there's some out there that we'll never imagine, like, you know, what we saw with ride sharing in in a 4G world that we live in today. But but, um, but from my perspective, one of the most compelling is something that I refer to as extended SME for subject matter expert. And the whole idea is using the 5G's technology with very low latency and very fast throughput to deliver near real-time high-resolution video to support field service applications. And so the idea is you could train, uh, mod- modestly train a, a group of technicians have experts at a centralized location equip these technicians with a very light, uh, innovative form factor, like some of these foldable phone designs that mm-hmm. we begin to see from the likes of Samsung and, and Motorola and Huawei as well in, in, in Asia. Yeah. And use technologies <clears throat> such as uh, augmented reality to overlay schematics and technical manuals in real time that will help speed the repair of very complex equipment like oil and gas. Uh, but there's lots of other applications, you know, within various industries that this is applicable to. And the other, the other effect is it's going to be very disruptive from a, uh, a cost perspective. So that an operational cost um, to the actual company like uh, Halliburton or, you know, an ExxonMobil in that they can, they don't have to spend the, the, the time and effort and the expense and highly training a wide group of people. And I know that you're very focused on the human element of technology. What I think that's going to be, it's going to, it's going to unlock and create new job opportunities for people as well, because employers will be able to use technology to be able to scale their, their workforces. Speaking of that new technology, let's talk about Industry 4.0. Well, you know, quite simply, you know, from my perspective, when I think of Industry 4.0, I think of smart manufacturing. So it's taking, you know, technology, 
which includes connectivity and computing resources. And, you know, there's a lot of talk around cloud, but also edge now. And really, edge is just about taking compute and putting it at the source of data creation. Um, You're going to start seeing this in, in, in factories. And so what's really compelling about, tech, you know, 5G from a connectivity perspective, that low latency that I was talking to in that fast throughput, is that you can start doing things like connecting machinery via wireless, whereas before it required um, cable um, to get the, the necessary, you know, throughput. And you can start doing really innovative things like very tactile operation of, uh, of robotics or very sensitive um, manufacturing applications like, for example, semiconductor and fabs, you know, and I've spent time with Samsung, you know, where I live in Austin, Texas, and they're actually beginning to deploy some of this technology today. So it's, it's real. So how are all these use cases going to affect the enterprise? Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to disrupt and transform the enterprise. You know, there's a lot of talk about digital transformation. And I think it may be sort of a whitewash term, but it's, it's all about bringing um, uh, technology um, and connectivity to industries that, that typically have been what I call old school. And so, you know, you know we talked about, you know, Industry 4.0 and smart manufacturing, but um, they're also going to be um, – yeah, and we talked about the field service, you know, aspect as well. These are all disruptive, you know, aspects of, of, of deploying 5G. Um, but you're also going to start seeing, you know, um, I think a lot of disruption, even in healthcare, um, where you're going to be able to use the connectivity to do things with augmented reality, like I described in that, that extended SME example, um, and be able to do things like overlay surgical procedures in real time and improve patient outcomes. So, um, you know, it's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, I, I often talk about, you know, again, ride sharing and how that really uh, was a disruptive element and, and, and honestly disrupting a, a taxi cab industry that needed to be disrupted because the service was poor and the follow-through was poor. Um, and so I, I think the power of 5G is going to do that in ways that we, we haven't even thought of yet. We are going to see disruption everywhere, I believe. Absolutely. Everywhere. I believe it too. So, yeah. Will, give me your thoughts on private networks, CBRS, and license spectrum. It's a great question. So, in, in my mind, this is one of the real exciting things that's coming from, um, you know, from uh, 5G. And the whole notion around private networks is the ability for a, an enterprise to use cellular equipment to provide the connectivity. Um, and when we talk about smart manufacturing, that's one application. Um, but there are other applications like mining where you can, you can automate a lot of those processes and that improves uh, worker safety and, um, and, and improves yield in production, say, in a mining operation. So um, it's also private networking is ideally suited for transportation and logistics. So um, just this week, Nokia announced that they're going to be uh, deploying a private cellular network to support the new, uh, the new Paris Metro uh, refurbishment. Um, when, you know, in, in my home state of Texas, you're beginning to see, uh, uh, there, it's been LTE, but it's going to transition to 5G uh, deployments with the Dallas Area Rapid Transit Authority, DART, um, as well as Love Field Airport in Dallas. So um, you're beginning to already see the, the, uh, the power of these private networks. And not that Wi-Fi is going to go away, 
Wi-Fi is ideally suited for indoor environments uh, where you have a density of access points. Um, Wi-Fi 6 brings improvements in latency and throughput, just like 5G. But it is what's referred to as uh, unlicensed spectrum. So it tends to get crowded and contended with uh, other wireless devices. The power of, of cellular technology is that it's licensed spectrum, it's dedicated spectrum, and you can, you can slice that and dedicate that to these really compelling use cases. So 5G and edge computing will drive this always-on, high-performing network, and that's going to lead industries to automation. We're already seeing that now. So how yeah. will this, how will it affect enterprise and especially the workforce? It's a great question. So well, it's going to absolutely improve the productivity of an enterprise. So the best example I can give you is streaming services, so your Netflix <clears throat> or your Hulu. If you can put computing power close to the subscribers that are actually using the service, you can improve the quality of the service. That will reduce churn. Subscribers will be less likely to cancel their Netflix or cancel their Hulu based on poor performance, which is often mm. really a result of your Internet service provider. But, but people don't clearly understand that, that connection between the Internet and, and, and their service. And so it, it's, it's going to be critical in, um, in delivering just, you know, in, in essence, a higher quality of service for not only for consumers, but, but for enterprises as well. From an enterprise perspective, um, it's just, it's, it's going to make um, their, you know, the operation of, of their networks that much more efficient. Got it. Got it. So you talked a little bit about Wi-Fi 6. It, it promises to transform enterprise wireless networks the same way that 5G is promising mm-hmm. to transform cellular wireless communication. So what are the advantages of Wi-Fi 6? Talk about that a little bit more, please. Yeah. So, you know, for indoor applications, it's, it's, it's ideally suited. Um, um, the, the other aspect, too, is that, you know, it's, it's all backward compatible. So, you know, an enterprise that has deployed, um, you know, prior versions of Wi-Fi, um, don't necessarily have to go rip and replace all that equipment. You know, when you look at the cellular side of things, the operators, they, up, they upgrade the radio access components of the network, which are those base stations that you see all over the place. And then eventually there's something called core, which is, you know, the equipment that runs the, the core, the heart of the network. So the advantage of Wi-Fi, it's, it's ideally suited for indoors. Uh, it's backward compatible. You don't have to rip and replace is the term that's often used. And the, the great thing about Wi-Fi 6 one of the big improvements, a couple of the big improvements are we talk about lower latency, faster speed, uh, but also it supports a greater number of devices. And if you think about it, you know, workers today, there's a lot of EYOD, right, where you, you have your, your cell phone, you, have, you might even have a personal you know, laptop in addition to your work-issued productivity unit. And so with Wi-Fi 6, there, there's the ability to support a greater number of devices, and it's also very power-efficient. So that, you know, there's this talk around IoT, Internet of Things, and and what that's all about is, you know, IoT really represents sort of a new class of devices that that are sensors, that, that, that manage factory equipment, that manage the cooling and heating in your building. And companies like HPE Aruba are doing really innovative things with Wi-Fi 6 and IoT um, to create uh, better experiences for, 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 um, for employees. Like, you know, knowing, you know, your profile based on, you know, your, 
your, your IP address on your cell phone. And as I walk into an office um, and I walk up to a desk, it might, it might adjust a, a sit-to-stand height adjustable desk because it, it, it recognizes my profile. Or I'm able, you know, I'm able to walk into a meeting room that's connected and I'm able, it's able to sense when I'm in there and, and automatically book me in that meeting room if it's free for a meeting. So um, there are a lot of innovative things that Wi-Fi 6 are going to bring to the, uh, the enterprise from what, what, I, what I refer to as lo- kind of location-based services. So I'm really excited to ask you this question from an analyst point of view. What yeah. changes are we going to see in the workforce in the next five years? Um, how can we prepare for these changes? How can enterprise prepare for these changes? So, you know, there's a lot of gloom and doom and concern about how network automation could eliminate jobs and how, you know, a lot of, you know, what 5G can enable is, is, is automation. And, and, and from my perspective, there will be elimination of what I refer to as more of the more mundane, uh, less value-added, you know, jobs. But it's also going to create a whole host of new jobs. So you will need higher-skilled, higher-paid people to manage this network automation. And when you talk about digital transformation uh, in the enterprise, I mean, you're going to need experts that are, that are, that are managing that journey as well. So, um, you know, there, there will be a, a net effect of, I think, some of those lower-level um, job opportunities that disappear that are replaced by automation. But I feel that what's going to be more than made up for that are these uh, higher-skilled, you know, Technician jobs, and 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 I witnessed this. You know, I mentioned the Samsung uh, plant visit in Austin that I went to. Um, they were talking just about that, how they've automated the, the fab, the semiconductor process within the plant. Now that's reduced uh, the people in the bunny suits that that are looking individually at the wafers. But what that's done, it's created new jobs, higher skill jobs, higher paying jobs for those people to manage the equipment and the operation. So. I think the net net is that there'll, there'll be a tremendous amount of job creation that comes from 5G and just the whole digital transformation in the enterprise. So, Will, let's make some predictions. Uh, we want to look at what's coming for 5G in 2020, but, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't mention what's going on right now with COVID-19 and, you know, yeah. how this is going to affect the rollout of 5G, the progress in 2020. I mean, what are your thoughts around that? It's a great question, and so I don't I don't believe COVID nineteen is going to slow the deployment of five G. In fact, I think it, it could speed it. And let me explain why. Five um, G has the ability to bring extremely immersive experiences on a mobile basis, and so you know you talk about AR, you know augmented reality, virtual reality. Um, I think a lot of these uh, these event uh, planners. Uh, and, you know, and the companies that put on these events are going to start to have to think, like, in the future, we need to make more um, of uh, the, the, the tracks to these events more online and more interactive. So I think 5G can help with that, that it can make it a more immersive experience. And I, I'll give you an example. In my hometown of Austin, Texas, South by Southwest uh, was canceled for the first time in 30-something years. Mm. Well, l- look at the emphasis of that show. It's it's about music, um, uh, interactive, and film. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm right. the South by Southwest organizer, right. I, would, I, would, I would basically convert my interactive track all online and look at using immersive uh, technologies like AR, VR, 
Wi-Fi and 5G in those outdoor areas, um, you know, to, to make it a more, you know, sort of online, you know, immersive event. So I, I think there's an opportunity, you know, for, for 5G to really help kind of, you know, you know, plug the gap. And, you know, we've been here before, right? So we, we've been through 9-11. We've been through avian flu. We've been through SARS. Now, you know, uh, you know the, the spread of, of those, those last two wasn't as dramatic as COVID-19. But, but we were able to use video. Um, we were certainly not in the 5G world back then. So I, I'm excited about how, you know, 5G can really help pick up the slack, um, you know, kind of give them this short-term, you know, blip. And, you know, and hopefully we get to the second half of this year and we're, we're well behind the coronavirus. But, um, but I, I think this could actually accelerate um, 5G and not, and not affect it negative, negatively. You know, I truly believe, well, that opportunity is born out of adversity. Yes. I agree. I agree. Yes. I, my, 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 my biggest personal growth in my life has been at those times where I, I, I hit adversity. And, you know, for people that haven't experienced that, uh, it's a character builder, and it makes you a stronger person and appreciate more. And so I think that's the human element. So I think we're all going to come out of this with, uh, with better hygiene <laughs> in public um, and in a, in, a, in, a, in a better appreciation, you know, just for... Um, you know, the, the power of communications in general. Yes, I believe that. I really do. Will, this has just been absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I thank you so much. Um, where can our listeners reach you? Yeah. Um, you can find me um, on Forbes. So I publish quite a bit. Um, so just Google Will Townsend Forbes, and you'll, you'll see a lot of the things that I write about 5G. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Will Town Tech, T-O-W-N, All right. Wonderful. Well, Will, thank you so much for joining us today on 5G Talent Talk. Thank you, Carrie. Of course. And thank you all for listening to this episode of 5G Talent Talk brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers and Broadstaff 5G Talent Solutions. Let's connect at CarrieCharles.com and I'll meet you on the next episode. You've been listening to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions, brought to you by RCR Wireless News and Telecom Careers. Connect with Carrie at CarrieCharles.com.